Amen. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. So this is part two in our message series entitled Building Mature Disciples. Last week, we spent the whole message actually defining what discipleship really is. So if you didn't get a chance to uh, look at that message or listen to it or hear it, I want you to, you can go online, you can visit our YouTube channel, and you can uh, download it, you can listen to that message in its entirety. Because what we did was we explained how discipleship really works and how that there's a lot of people, even people who uh, are saved, who don't understand the process of discipleship. They don't understand that, 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 that salvation is free, but discipleship costs you your life. And, and we talked last week about how that Jesus made some very, very direct statements and really challenged the people. And, 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 he, and he, just, he called them out and said, if you're not willing to give up everything, you cannot be my disciple. If you don't love, my, if you don't, if you don't love me more than your mother, your sister, your brother, your father, your kids, he said, if you don't love me more, you cannot be my disciple. And so you need to check into that message from last week because it's a very, very uh, powerful message, really because Jesus expressed what it really means to be a disciple. And so when we talk about discipleship and what it really means, all we did was look at Jesus' words, and they were very, very powerful. And so today I want to continue in that series, and I want to talk about spiritual intimacy, spiritual intimacy. Now, as we begin our worship day, a lot of the songs today kind of dealt with us giving of ourselves. It dealt with a whole lot of us just kind of worshiping him. And the, the, the worship tone was much more intimate uh, because I wanted to send a message. I was trying to communicate uh, something to us and really setting us up for this message. And so when we talk about the word intimacy, it conjures up different ideas and thought patterns for different people. Some think of intimacy as kind of letting your guard down, taking risks. Some people just think of intimacy as just about having sexual relations, much bigger than that. For some, intimacy is, a, is scary because it carries the idea of transparency. Or some uh, even in the past, when you hear the word intimacy, you're a little bit guarded because you understand in the past maybe you have been hurt and somebody hurt you really, really bad, and so you're really guarded. Or for many of us who understands from a spiritual standpoint, a biblical standpoint, what it means, we know and understand that the reward and the benefits of intimacy outweighs all the negative connotations that come with the territory sometimes as we open ourselves up. But the fact of the matter is, and I want you to understand this, that we were made to love and made to have intimate relationships. In fact, the Bible said that God is love. And he, those of us who are born and who know God, we walk in love. And so knowing that God is love and knowing that love originated from him, intimacy originated from him, then the most important intimacy in terms of relationship of them all, watch this, is our intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a scripture in the Bible that says that we must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. That's just not a casual kind of love. And in, in, in words that, could, that, that we try to understand, you know, from a human perspective, what, what, what he was really trying to convey is that we must love him deeply. 
Learn to love him with everything that is in our soul. Because when we learn to love him in that way, then you'll begin to find the satisfaction and the joy that every human soul wants. How many know that much of what we see today in our world that our problems are people trying to figure it out outside of the will of God? Are you hearing what I'm saying? They're trying to find love, but they try to find it all in the wrong places. Y'all hear what I'm saying? They try to find it in drugs. They try to find it in alcohol. They try to find it in sex. They're trying it in all the wrong places only to find out that those things don't really last. They don't, they, they, it's a false sense of security, if you can even call it that. But, but if we're going to be mature disciples, then we must learn to develop an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. This is one of the things that I'm always concerned about when it, when it comes to church. That sometimes in our efforts to try to get people involved, which I think it's important to get people plugged into ministry, but we, we got to be careful that, 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 that we don't put uh, service over love of Jesus. You know, there's a lot of people that, 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 that they may be serving the Lord, but they're not really loving the Lord. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So we can't sacrifice. And here's what happens. Because if, if, if you think it's all about you're just serving God and you never really get to know him, eventually you'll run out of gas. Eventually you'll find yourself running on empty. And too many of God's people, let me tell you right, let me tell you now, too many of God's people are frustrated, unhappy, and mad today because they have not learned to cultivate intimacy with God. How many know that there's something powerful about being in the presence of God? Let me tell you something. Man, when you develop that intimate relationship with God, he gives you power. He gives you satisfaction. And I am just amazed of how many Christians don't get this. And I've seen Christians, man, start off on fire with God and nobody set them down and, and, and say, well, you need to spend time. And you hear us say it all the time. Man, you need to spend time in prayer. You need to spend time reading that Bible. And sometimes we have to be careful how we communicate that because sometimes it's said in a way to suggest that it's legalistic. And it's not about legalism. It is about, it's about intimacy. It's about cultivating a relationship with God whereby your soul is satisfied. Whereby you understand that you were designed and made to love God. And it is when you love him with all of your heart, soul, and mind. It is when you come there, then you will find the joy and the satisfaction you are desperately seeking. But it starts with him. I will venture out to say this, that it is next to impossible in my view, my purview. This is Pastor Gary talking. That, that, that it's, it's, all next, it's next to impossible to really become a mature disciple without cultivating some intimacy with Jesus. In other words, getting to know him. Not just knowing that I have fire insurance. Y'all know what I mean when I say fire insurance. Not just, oh, I know I'm going. Yeah, I, you know you're going to heaven. But how many of you know there's so much more about Jesus than just knowing you're going to heaven? Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? There's a deeper place. There's a Jesus says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm gentle, lowly at heart. Then you'll find rest for your souls. That is Matthew 11, verse 28. So he satisfies us. And he, the longings of our souls, the longing of our heart, when we learn to cultivate intimacy with him, when we get into his presence and we allow ourselves to be totally overwhelmed by him, pouring out every aspect of our being before him, you will find is the key to mature discipleship. What are the benefits? I kind of said, kind of 
I briefly mentioned that a second ago. The benefits of intimacy is that you have a greater grace and power for ministry. I want you to think for a moment when you read the Bible that many other people uh, who did great things, particularly the Apostle Paul, who wrote a great deal of the New Testament, and we'll talk about here, him here in a moment, but, you know, they, they, they had this kind of an intimacy with, with God. You know, uh, how many know Moses did some amazing things, didn't he? I mean, brother, he lifted up the stick, parted the Red Sea, performed all these miracles, but, you know, he was he had crazy love for God. Think about David and all the enemies that he was able to defeat and all the things that David went through and defeating Goliath. You know, it was all based on a such, he had such a love. You read the book of Psalms, all you see is David talk, saying stuff about how much he loved the Lord. He's, oh, I love the Lord with all of my heart. I mean, every time you turn around, all David was talking about was how much he loved the Lord. He had an intimate relationship with the Father. And so when we have intimacy with Jesus, then we have the capacity for greater grace and greater power in ministry. We have a deeper and more satisfying life inside and out. A life that is full with purpose and peace. Not only that, church, but here's the big one. When we cultivate intimacy with the Savior, we have the capacity to have a more profound and deeper influence in the lives of other people because they will check your joy. They will check your peace. They will see how that your life has changed and all of a sudden uh, they're going to be they're going to be attracted to you and you're going to have a greater capacity. Why? Because you are in love. Is anybody in this room in love with Jesus? Come on. So watch. So as I go into this message, I think about my own personal life. I've discovered, and people ask me about it. I had one gentleman one time ask me about how did you, I mean, he was just very poignant. He said, I, I, I want what you got. I said, what do you mean? He says, like, how is it that you just, like, you know, you just quote scripture like you quote scripture. You know, I talk to you, you always talk about it. And he said, and he says, and you just so, you know, you just so deep and you, you're so, uh, you know, you just seem like, you know, now I know me, right? Uh, and I know I'm not a perfect man. Y'all, so I'm not at all trying to suggest that. So don't let anybody think that that's what I'm saying. But he saw something there and he saw how much I loved God. And he wanted and he asked me the question. And I said, brother, it just started with me. I just, I just wanted, I just spent a lot of time in his presence and I just wanted to know him. And that still lingers on with me today. I just want to know him. I'm not satisfied with being in the outer court. I'm not satisfied with just hanging on the outskirts. How many know I want to be inside? I want to be in his presence. I want to be before the throne. I don't want to be hanging on the outside because, church, let me tell you something. It's much better when you're closer to him than when you're far away. Trust me. Oh, God, some of you already know that. You've been through some things. And some of us, we had to learn the hard way. Has anybody had to learn the hard way? Oh, God. You knew the truth, but boy, you just had to find out. And, and, and we're trying to, and parents, aren't we trying to spare our kids today? Walk with Jesus. That's the best way. And you know our kids, they ain't thinking that. They ain't thinking that, man. They're thinking all kinds of stuff. Walk with Jesus stuff. No, that's for adults. It ain't for, y'all hear what I'm saying? But my greatest, the, the thing that I learned the most, and I'm, I'm talking, I'm about to get into the, to the word here, but I, I just wanted to lay this thing, this foundation. But, but what I learned the most in my walk with God, and this has been key to my spiritual growth, because we're talking about uh, spiritual maturity and growing. 
that, that what I learned most more than anything else in my 20, oh gosh, 27 years of being a believer and walking with the Lord, um, what I've learned is more, more than anything else is that God longs for me. He longs for you. He loves you. He loves you more than you could ever know. And when I got that revelation that God really does love me and he just wants, he, listen, he delights being with me. He, you know, I, I oftentimes think when I miss a devotional time and on occasion it happens, you know, things happen in life. And one of the things that, that, that always bother me, I never feel like God is mad at me. I just feel like I just missed an opportunity. And, and I can sense the spirit of God saying, come away with me. Come, come. Anybody ever just been in the, you know, maybe in the, in, in the middle of the day, something is going on. You hear the Holy Spirit just speak to you. Come away. Come. Just take a moment. Just take a walk. I just need you. Just, just be with me. I have, I have those moments all the time. And sometimes I just, I just take a walk. Which, I'm going to show you how Jesus did it. So let's, let's, before we get into Mary and Martha and we learn a few things from them, then I'll get you out of here. I want to talk a little bit about and just kind of show you how that Jesus did it. Now, Jesus is 100% God. And he was 100% man. He lived on the earth. Part of him walking on this earth as a man was to show us how to relate and how to reach the Father. So obviously, Jesus was very, very intimate with the Father. Now, we're called to be intimate with the Father, too, but we're called to do it through Jesus Christ. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So, so understand something that Jesus cultivated, and he thought it was so important to spend time with the Lord that if he did not do that, I would even suggest that the level of impact he had wouldn't have occurred unless Jesus made it a priority to get into the Father's presence. Let me show you just a little bit. i read just a couple of verses to give you an idea how Jesus did it. And the only reason why I'm doing this is because I want you, I want us to kind of pattern our lives after it because Jesus has given us an example how we, how we need to cultivate that intimacy with the Father. And so we are to cultivate that intimacy with him. With him. So, so here's a couple of things. Matthew 14, 23. And when he sent the multitude away, how many know that sometimes you got to send people away? Come on, say amen to that. Every now and then you got to sit. Sometimes they get on your nerve. See, that was a prophetic word for somebody right there. You better t- catch that. So you just wait until the Lord. The Lord just spoke. And when he sent the multitude away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Hmm. And when evening came, he was there alone. Mark 6, 46. And when he had sent them away, he departed to a mountain to pray. So this gives the idea that, that Jesus was busy. How many know Jesus was busy? Come on. How many of you find yourself busy sometimes? And, huh? and, 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 and you know, some people, why do you do, why do, you do devotion today? Why do you spend time? Well, I'm just too busy. I'm going to tell you something right now. If you're too, if you're too busy to get, uh, get into the presence of the Lord, then, then look at your neighbor and say, you didn't, you're too busy. <laughs> Come on, look at it. You're too busy uh, because you're never. See, Jesus, no matter what, there was a multitude of people always pressing him. And Jesus still just kind of uh, sent the people and said, look, y'all got to go because I need to go and be with Father. And he went to a mountain by himself to pray. See, you know, when you go to heaven, you know, you're not going to have mom and dad. Or you're not going to have your husband or wife or your spouse. It's going to be you and God. Because you were made for him. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Jesus went by himself. 
There's something about going to the mountain represents a place of quietness where there's no distraction. Anybody ever had a chance to just go walk up a mountain, hike up a mountain, just stand there? Man, it's the most, you never done that? Oh, my gosh. Somebody, we got to take my sister to. But if you ever walked up a mountain, uh, you know, the Shenandoah, for an example, man, because we love to go there, and just get to a high point and just stand, and it's like so quiet. And, 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 I, and every time I do it, I, I instantly know exactly why Jesus went to the mountain to pray, so that he could have no distractions. We'll talk about distraction here in a moment. But Jesus will often slip away. This is, look at Luke chapter 5, verse 16. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Everybody say often. That means Jesus did it a lot. He just withdrew himself. Everybody, it'd be like, it would be like Jesus. Everybody was conversating. Everybody was talking. And all of a sudden, Jesus just slips out of the room. And where, where, where's Jesus at? Jesus gone out somewhere to pray. Isn't that amazing? Think about how much we, do that, we, we did that, how we can cultivate intimacy with the Lord by just slipping away sometimes, just praying to God. When there's a situation going on at home where there's a problem, uh, whatever the situation, and you just say, you know what, let me just, at this very moment, I'm not going to wait. I'm just going to slip away and go talk to God about it. Jesus did it all the time. It says that Jesus sometimes, he prayed all night. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. You know, before Jesus named his 12 apostles, he prayed all night. He was in the presence of God. Sometimes, depending on your circumstances, this is how you cultivate intimacy with God. You stay up. Like this, you know, this morning I had to pray. I couldn't go to sleep for whatever reason. I just kind of use that as, you know, a lot of times, not every time, that when I can't sleep at night, maybe the Lord is calling me to get up and pray. Something is going down. Something is happening. God wants me to pray. So sometimes, depending on the situation, you have to spend all night in prayer. Luke 6, 12 says that. Jesus spent all night in prayer. In Mark chapter 6, verse 31, Jesus taught his disciples to get away and rest from the pressures of life. Because, you know, they were doing ministry, man, in, in, in Mark chapter 6, 31, there were people were coming and going. And Jesus says, look, y'all just, just get away and rest. You know, something about getting away and just resting. I'm not talking about just getting away and doing a bunch of stuff. Because some of us get away, and then when you come back home, you still feel like you, you need to get away. You know what I'm talking how many of you ever needed a vacation from a vacation? You know, learn. Can I, can I give you some advice? When you say you're going to take a vacation, how many of you going to take a vacation? Just come on, slip your hand up. Can you make sure that you put in there some R and make sure that there's some R and R time? Some time where you just do nothing. But just get, let me tell you something. Get away and rest your soul. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I told my wife, I said, I said, I said so we're planning our whole week. We, we were just, in fact, we're going to lay it out the day when she comes home. And I said, baby, you know, we're going to sit there and we're going to plan, and we're going to plan some time where we allow the Lord to just deposit some stuff into our spirits. We're not going to do anything but just listen. Because a lot of times in the past, I got to admit, man, I've taken vacation. I did more running on the vacation than I did when I was at home before I went. And then I come home and I'm still tired. I'm pissed. And I feel like I need a vacation. You need to rest. Don't let the devil dupe you. Spend time in the presence of God. And sometimes spending time in the presence of God don't mean you always got to be talking. Sometimes it's just you being there and you just listen. And you just say, and sometimes I'm sitting, I just say, Lord, speak to me. 
I don't even have an agenda. Lord, just depart, speak to me. And it's something about that that just I just allow myself to be in touch with the reality of who I am in him. I, I just rest my soul, rest from activity, rest from the routine. There's something in my life that, that greatly benefits me. God then is able to deposit some stuff into my soul because I've actually sat down and I've allowed him to speak. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? Some of us are too busy. We don't even allow God to speak to us. We say, we're always saying God speak, but we ain't sitting down here. We can't hear him. Why asking God to speak if you can't hear? Why are you going to ask God to speak if we're not going to make no time? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? Jesus, oftentimes, he prayed in the morning. The Bible says in Luke 1, 35, it says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before it was day. Now, we don't know what time that was. It says a long while. So <laughs> what we can make is that Jesus was probably in the middle of the night sometime praying. He got up before he even started his day. Now, I suggest doing this because more than likely, if you get up and you're running and you're not spending any intimate time, you're not spending time in the Word and in prayer, then more than likely, if you don't do it on that front end, you probably won't get to do it during the course of a day. That's just what I found to be a reality, to be a truth. Jesus was long before the morning. Now in the morning, having risen long before it was daylight, I'm sorry, he went out and departed into a solitary place. There he goes again. And there he prayed. Psalm 5.3 says, my voice you hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning, I will direct, I will direct it to you and I will look up. In other words, this to me is just, it's, it's an idea of putting God first. Everybody say put him first. Put him on the front end. Getting up in the morning, spending some time. You know, we said, Pastor, I don't have much time, but I get up early. Well, you know what? Can you just add, can you just add maybe 15 minutes to your clock? Can you give God 15 minutes of prayer? Can you give before you even walk out of the door? Because if how many know that we need power? Come on, church. We need the power and the favor of God because God knows your day. And if God knows the beginning and the ending all at the same time, He knows, He knows the scope of your day, it might be a good idea to talk to Him. It might, I'm just saying, might be a good idea since he knows everything and since he has all power, it may be a good idea to say, Lord, can I talk to you for a moment? I want to give you my day. God, will you direct me? God, order my steps. Pray for some people. Pray that God will use you in a significant way today. In other words, be in tune with him because he wants to be with you. Now this brings us to uh, Martha and Mary. I love preaching from this particular text because, honestly, I probably preached from it, and Walter's been with me for a little while, but I probably preached from this particular text probably a dozen times, and, and every single time I do it, there's always new revelation come about. I just, it's just amazing, uh, this particular text, because it is so packed, and it is so practical to where we are today as people. So we're going to learn some things about Mary and Martha, some new fresh things that God showed us. It's going to show us here in a moment. And so uh, let's, get, let's just kind of jump right into it. So there's some, a few pointers I want to give you and some things that we can learn. And this is uh, based on Luke chapter 10, verse 38 and 42. First of all, we learn that Martha was content to have Jesus around, but wasn't as interested in knowing him intimately. Let me say that again. Martha was content to have Jesus around, Right? But wasn't as interested in knowing him intimately. Well, Pastor, how can you say that? Well, 
Who welcomed Jesus into her house? Come on, read the text, verse 38. Who welcomed Jesus into her house? Martha, right? So Martha, she welcomes Jesus into the house. And when Jesus gets into the house, she starts doing everything else but what? Spending time with Jesus. She's busy doing some other stuff. See, she was, she watched this church. She, she was cool with Jesus being around. See, we live in a generation like that. People are cool with Jesus kind of being around. But we don't want to, but we don't want to get too close. Y'all know what I'm saying? We're cool with Jesus. We're kind of being around Jesus. I mean, uh, you know, I, 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 we, we, we want to uh, at your service kind of Jesus. You know, a kind of Jesus that's kind of like, uh, Jesus, uh, stay there. I want you around. In case things don't go the way I want it, mm-hmm. uh, in case somebody ticked me off or, you know, I may want you to destroy my enemies. Uh, in case, God, I got a need I need you to meet, uh, something going on. Uh, Lord, God, in case I just need some encouragement, uh, Jesus, I want you to stay here. And when I get ready, I'll tap you. Because that's the way we do it. When we're ready, we tap them. But, 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 but so here it is. Martha, you invited me here. And so she sees the master there, but she ain't got time for the master. You know why? Because I got other things to do. I mean, there's a lot of people living that way today. They don't really have time for Jesus. Man, you got other things to do. I'm busy. I got kids. Well, who don't? I got a job. Well, who don't got a job? God didn't give you no job, and God didn't give you no people, kids, and God didn't give you nothing that will keep you away from him. Church, we need to stop making excuses and just get into the presence of God. Stop the noise. Cut it out. Listen, it is what it is. Lord, help my unbelief. Paul said, you remember Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, he's in verse number 8 and 10, Paul says, Yet indeed I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Watch this, verse 10, that I might know him. That's intimacy right there, church. That I might know him. Paul was not comfortable with a casual relationship with God. He said, no, no, I want to know more. I want, how many of you want more? Paul said, I want more. I don't, I don't want, listen, I'm okay with good music. I'm okay with a little bit of entertainment. But at the end of the day, feed me. I want more. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Church, feed me. You remember Zeke from the Cowboys? You like that? I just had to throw that in there for everyone. Feed me, yeah. Sorry, I had to go there. <laughs> he said, I just ruined the whole entire mess. <laughs> come on, brother. Come on back. Come on back. Come on back. He said, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed unto his death. Paul's attitude was, I am not content with just knowing about Jesus. I want to know more. I want to go deeper. To the point that Paul said, I want to fellowship with this suffering a little bit. Oh, good God. Y'all hear that church. He said, I want to be, be conformed to his death. He said, I want to know him as he's known. I want to know everything about him. I'm not comfortable with following him from afar. I want to get close to him. And that's why the apostle Paul saw things and did things. Paul said, I saw things in the heaven that I wasn't even able to talk about. 
God showed me vision and revelations. How many know those reserved for folks that want to be serious with God? Y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying too. See, a lack of intimacy causes us to focus more on people than on the one who loved us and called us. Now watch. So watch this. Verse number 40. Now watch. Here's Martha. Y'all with me? Say amen. Come on. Oh, this is good. Stay with me. Don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. Just say, say, look at the name and say, stay with him. Stay with him. Watch. So, but Martha was distracted. <laughs> Here it is. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, watch this. Now, she's talking to the master. Now, watch. Lord, do you not care? Now, pardon me, indulging a moment, but I just kind of think of it, the sister version of that. Lord, seriously, do you not care? I mean, seriously? I mean, that's the best I can do. Do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. See, see, when there's a lack of intimacy with Jesus, see, you start focusing on other people and what they're doing and what they're not doing. Oh, y'all hear what I'm saying? So you should be serving the Lord with gladness, but you're serving the Lord mad because your shift, watch this, your focus has shift off the Lord and then it's shift on what other people are doing or not doing. And you ticked off at them. And now you want to go complain. And now you want to go complaining to the Lord about them and what you first know that the Lord don't like no complaining. So a lack of intimacy causes us, and this is what happens with a lot of people, man, that they're, they're, they're not, they haven't been spending time in God's presence. I'm going to tell you something. When you get in the presence of God, and when you're in his presence, and you're loving him, and he's loving you, you don't have time to be worried about a bunch of people doing stupid stuff. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? Because you're so satisfied down on the inside, you see right through them. You see them, but you see right through them. Man, because I've been in the presence of God. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? So a lack of intimacy caused us to focus. What happened is, so, so Martha now, she's, she's, she's not interested at this point because she's too busy doing a good thing, but yet too busy. And the whole time, all she's doing is looking at Mary. You can imagine if I had me a broom. She can, she's sweeping the whole time. Looking at, she get her no good, lazy, trifling self. See me here. Doing all this work by myself, and she ain't. Hey, look at this. Look at this. This is ridiculous. I gotta do this. Nobody here to help me. This guy, I'm sick and tired. This is just man. Mm, I'm just pissed. I'm just upset. This makes me mad. I just can't be. Why get kind of people like this? You call yourself a Christian, and I'm sitting here. So Jesus is in the room, woman. That's what happened with people. Because they don't, they're not, see, they want to do everything, oh, y'all, 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 get this word. They want to do everything else except spend time in God's presence. Amen. They'll serve. They'll sweep. They'll do everything else except get in that word and spend time in the presence. Then they wonder why they, they're serving on empty. They don't have nothing left. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, being in God's presence on a regular basis, watch this, church, it replenishes your soul. It replenishes you. It, God waters you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? This is making sense to anybody. Boy, I feel like I'm not getting it. So, 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 she, so when people are not intimate with the Father, they're not spending time in his presence, they're people focused. You're too mad. You're, you're not serving with the right heart, the right attitude, because your mind is on something else. You're upset. You're mad. 
How many, how, many know, how many know the intimacy with Jesus? See, when we're intimate with Jesus, it makes serving him exhilarating. <laughs> See, when you develop and cultivate an intimacy with Jesus on a regular basis, man, your, your life, boy, you're happy. Let me, let me tell you something. Psalm 100. This is Psalm, I'm going to read this whole Psalm because I thought it was this good. Because this is the attitude that we should have as it relates to serving God. It says, watch this. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, everybody, all you lands. Watch this. Serve the Lord with what? Somebody knew it already, don't you? How am I going to serve him? With what? Gladness. Come before his presence with what? Well, why are you singing every Sunday, Pastor? Can we just skip the praise and worship? Wait a minute. The word says, come on, come before his presence with what? I don't like this thing. Come before his presence with what? I don't feel like saying, come before his presence with what? Know that the Lord, he is God, good God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pastor. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise and be thankful to him and bless his name. Come on. For the Lord is good. That's right. And his mercy is what? And his truth endures to what? That's, listen, a mature Christian, that's how they serve. Man, they come in, man, see, when you are intimate, when you've been in his presence, he'll give you power, man. And all of a sudden, you're serving, but and people can't figure out how you serve like that with that kind of attitude. Because, brother, I've been in the presence of God. And some of us just need to re-up. You, how many know you got to re-up every day? <laughs> oh, come on, church. When you feel like you're a little low, ain't no time to run. Just need to re-up. Look at the name and say, re-up. Re-up. Get into his presence. Get replenished. See, a lack of intimacy with Jesus will cause us to approach Jesus with the wrong attitude. As I said a moment ago, Martha, she come to Jesus complaining. Won't you make her? Make, make her work, God. You don't care. If you care, you, you would make her do something. And how many know, and I, and I said it a moment ago, and I, I want you to understand this. The Bible talks an awful lot. You read the book of Exodus, Numbers, and I believe in 1 Corinthians, a couple of chapters refer to how that whenever the children of Israel were complaining, that, that made God upset. So people who are not intimate with God, they don't really understand how to even come to him sometimes. So they come with him with the wrong attitude. How many know there's a way we ought to come to God? We already said how we should come to him. Come before his gates with what? Don't come before his gate with complaining. Well, sister, Lord, that's and such, brother, so on. Don't do that. See, that's what happened. And, 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 but I love, this, I love this part of it, though. So here's another good part. Y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. So, so now I want you to understand something. So, so here it is that Martha is ticked off. She's complaining. But, you know, Mary is almost like she's totally ignoring her. Mary's like, <laughs> whatever. And, and you can see Martha looking. You can see her. She got the eyes. I mean, you can see it in the spirit. Just read the text. You can see, you can see Martha kind of looking at Mary like this. But the whole time, and you can see Martha, you can feel all the anxiety. Can't you feel it? Can't you see her and Martha, all that anxiety, all that anger, all that, ne- that negative attitude? Y'all meet people like that? They're just negative. Ugh. They just make you itch. 
every time you come around, you're just always negative. You're negative. Hey, you, know, you can see, you can see just Martha was just this big old thing of negativity. And yet you see me. Now, Mary now, if she was like Martha and not understanding what, who was in the room, Mary could have flipped around. She could have said, well, who do you think you're talking to? Don't, be, don't you be talking to me that way. Won't you just, you just need to chill out and leave? I mean, she could have got, could have, come on. And you know a lot of folk would do that, right? <laughs> come on. Y'all be, come on, talk back to me. You know, somebody's going to be saying some words about you. You might be tempted to have a couple words back. But you see, Mary just totally, Mary is so much in the presence of God, she ain't even listening to Martha. She, Martha, how me know it takes two to argue. See, Martha over there barking. The whole time, Mary just with Jesus. You see, here's what, here's what I come to understand. And y'all ready for this? Say amen. This is free. See, staying in the presence of Jesus will give you patience to deal with other people. See? Stay, listen, being in his presence will give you. See, how many of you got some people that just work your nerves? Amen. <laughs> come on. Overtime. Get in his presence. Because God had give you the grace. God, listen, so, so why was Mary able to just totally ignore Martha and her shenanigans? Because she was in the presence of Jesus. And as long as she was there, she was all right. Church, as long as you are there, you're going to be all right. But boy, the minute you step outside of that and you don't focus, you lose your focus on him. Remember Peter walking on the water? What happened when he saw the winds and waves? Come on, what happened when he saw the winds and waves? He began to what? Because he took his focus off what? See, we got to keep our focus. As long as we keep our, Mary, see, Mary kept her focus. And, and so sometimes, so, so when you're focused on Jesus, you learn how to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, words of death. <laughs> so if people be speaking that doesn't, that doesn't edify, that doesn't build up, you just walk right through that because you've been, you've been in the presence of God. And people ought to know when you've been in the presence of God. Man, you do your devotion. You know, I joke, I tell you this all the time. My wife and I, it's, you know, we do devotions and we do, you know, most of the time we do it separately. And every now and then, you know, we, she, one of us will do a devotion and we'll come out and we'll, we'll say something we probably shouldn't have said. And she, one of us, and we'd be like, well, you need to go back in. What did you do? Who present? What, what, were you, what devotion you did? Who are you talking to? You, you need to go back. It's <laughs> been more time. Okay. So you need to turn around and go back, <laughs> you know? Because how many know that when you spend time with the Lord, it's going to show. When you've really been with Jesus, people will take note that you've been with him because you have his attitude. You see, Mary, she, she, in verse number 39, she sat and listened. How many know there's a lot of people, for an example, come to church and they sat but they ain't listening? Come on. How is it that Sister Jean over here can sit and listen to the word and say, whoop de doo and they're getting all fat and happy, and the Lord spoke to her, and then right on here on the other side, another person said, I ain't getting nothing out of it. See, a lot of it has to do with your level of expectation. What do you, what do you want? What are you looking for? How many know that when you really were to a disciple, you just want God, you want God to speak whatever it is he wants to speak. You know that he's going to give you a message, and sometimes he will give you a message that you don't necessarily like, but you know it's a message you got to hear. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You may not like the message, but you know in your spirit, I needed to hear this. 
I got this. this. See, I don't come and listen. Don't ever walk into a church looking for a programmed message. And you know, a lot of God's people come to church looking for looking for something that make them feel better. But sometimes, in order to make you feel better, you got to feel a little bad. <laughs> sometimes, in order for you to feel better, you got to take some some medicine that don't taste good. Y'all hear what I'm saying? But in the end, y'all follow me. You'll feel better for it. See. Mary, she sit, watch that church, and she listened. She didn't just come to church. She didn't just come in, in his presence and just, she was, she gave him undivided attention. How many of you giving Jesus undivided attention when he speaks? See, we're going to grow into as mature disciples. We must learn to set and listen, not just set, not just be in the vicinity, not just be around, but actually listen with your spirit and hear what the spirit of God is saying. Because God is going to say something that's going to set us free. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? I'm almost done. So we got to avoid the lure of distraction. It says in verse number 40 that Martha was distracted. Oftentimes, distractions from Jesus are it's kind of it's very subtle. You know, we live in a generation. I always say this is the generation of distractions. I mean, everybody got cell phones, you know, PDAs. You know, and, and the devil used all the technology. And we got to be careful that we don't worship at the altar of technology. Because the devil used all these things. Y'all see, listen to me say, man. He used all to distract us. See, Martha was, Jesus said, Martha, you're distracted. Martha, you can't even look at me because there are so many other things. I mean, you get up in the morning, you're, come on, church. Some of us look at Facebook before you read the Bible. First thing we grab the phone, go straight to Light, unlight, <laughs> right? Smiling face. <laughs> yeah. And then we have a never posted scripture verse we ain't even really read. <laughs> All right. So watch. I'm picking. So watch. So y'all hear what I'm saying? So so understand something. So the enemy. Watch this. So the enemy wants to use all this technology stuff to distract us. And, and, and so the devil is pouring in information. And, and, and watch, he's doing it because he knows every time you turn around, man, you get an alert here, you get an alert there, you get this, you got phone, you got information at your fingertips. So, boy, it's like, you know, of course, today, you never know, man, so much stuff coming at you, man. It's like, wow, wow, all this information, and you're distracted. And here God been trying to say, hey, 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 hold up, God, ESPN, hold, hold up, hold, hold, hold up, hold up, God, I got an alert. See now, oh, hold on, Donald Trump and did what? Oh my God! Oh, hold, hold. you follow what I'm saying? That's what we do, don't we? And we put God on hold because we're distracted. I'm just trying to modernize it, church, because we live in a generation of distractions, and the enemy are throwing this all this junk at us, man. So much so that we don't even have time. That's why sometimes, listen, sometimes take your phone and sit it down. If you're going to get in the presence of God, cut it off. Just shut it down. Shut down the phone, shut down the TV, and then send some people away. Go upstairs, I'll talk to you when I get back. <laughs> I'm going to spend the next 20 minutes, 5, 15, I don't care, you, whatever. I'm going to spend this time, I'm going to give God my undivided attention, and I don't want no distractions. Do it, and watch how God will bless your life for it. And finally, 
we see here that Jesus, in verse 4 to 1, look at verse 4 to 1. And Jesus answered and said to her, talking to, talking to Martha. Church, I almost feel sorry for Martha. I really believe Martha was a good person. You know, there's a lot of good people out there that just wrong. <laughs> Come on. There's a lot of good people, man. They just ain't got it right. That's all. They're good. They don't mean harm. Martha didn't mean anything. She was a good woman. I mean, how many know we need to clean up? Come on, church. I don't like filth. Anybody like filth? I mean, cleaning is a necessary thing. But you ought to know when Jesus show up, it's time to put the broom down. Come on, church. Jesus said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and you're troubled about a lot of things. But one thing is needed. Mary chose a good part, which will not be taken away from her. In other words, that was Jesus' nice way of saying, uh, Martha, sit down and shut up. I'm not going to tell Mary to help you. That's what Jesus was really saying. He just said it in a nice way. My wife always say, honey, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> what Jesus was really, if he was ghetto, he said, sit down. I ain't going to say nothing. Sit down and shut up and learn something. That's how some of you would say it. <laughs> Jesus says, you just, Martha, you just worry. Because here's the, pro, here's the thing you got to understand. There's always going to be something coming down the pike. Am I right about it? As soon as you get rid of one problem, what happens? Oh, when I get this fixed, then things will be better. Yeah, you get that fixed, then watch. Bam, here goes something else you got to fix. Here goes something else you got to fix. How many know that it ain't ever going to stop? Till you leave planet Earth. There are going to be problems, chasing problems, chasing problems. When you defeat one demon, there's another one that's waiting right around the corner to come and mess with you. Come on, church. Amen. Stop waiting for it to be perfect. It ever going to be perfect. You need to take a Listen, if you ain't spending time with Jesus now, you're going to spend time with him later. Listen, if you ain't giving to him now, you ain't going to really give later. How many know it's now? Do it now. Now I was in law enforcement, that's the term we used to use, and we would command people to do what we want them to do. Do it now! How many know we just need to do it now? Amen. Jesus affirmed Mary, but he rebuked Martha. I mean, at least Jesus could have said to, to Martha, Martha, I, I kind of appreciate everything you did. Uh, you know, at least Jesus could have said that to her. He, he didn't. Because he understood that what Mary is doing Everybody need to do this. This is the good part. This, Mary got an insight. And in church, here's what I want you to understand. That every one of us need to do, this is what Jesus' message is to us today. If we're going to grow into mature disciples. It's not about a head knowledge of God. How many know that he wants your heart? Amen. Right? He, wants, he, don't want your, he don't want just your knowledge. There are a lot of people that are full of knowledge, but they have no intimacy with him. They follow him the same. So it's one thing to know something, but it's a whole other thing to live it and be in it and breathe it. And Jesus was saying, Mary, he was saying, Martha, you, you, you know me. I loved you. Jesus loved Mary and Martha because they had a brother named Lazarus that Jesus raised from the dead. But Jesus was letting Martha know, Martha, you're not where you need to be. You need to be like your sister. You need to just sit down and you need to spend some time with me. And that's what he's saying to us today. So the key to Jesus' ability, here's what we learned today. The key to Jesus' ability to do what he did was his intimacy with the Father. The key to our ability to be able to have success spiritually and be able to accomplish great things is intimacy with God. If you want to be, if you want to do, how many of you want to do great things for God? Amen. How, many, how many of you want to be used by God in a significant way? Then it begins with just, just being with him. Because when you truly know him, this is what I'm saying. When you truly know him, then you know what he thinks. 
you know how to approach. You know because you know him, you love him, you spend time with him, and your life will be all the better for it. Did you receive that word today? Come and give Jesus a hand clap of praise if you did. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, in Jesus' name, you are worthy, so worthy. We thank you, Lord, for this word today. God, you showed us today the importance of being